0: Manchester Movie Mall.
1: to face the music. Um, how many years later is it guys? I can't 29.
2: 29. 29 years. years. Wow. 29. And the film begins with the old um Orion logo which oh, I, yeah. I, they they must have resurrected that company again because that famously went yeah. went bust in the early 90s.
0: It got bought out by MGM. Yes. In 2014 I think they
2: brought it back. Was that right? Okay. All oh, oh, right, I didn't realize it was uh, it was it quite so established. I thought maybe they'd brought it back for this film, but um all oh, right, that's cool. It's it's nice to see it still going. I think, yeah, so, it went bust. Uh, I believe years the ago. first
0: one nearly didn't get made. Um, Excellent adventure. They um, shelved the the film for a year, and then some other company bought it up as a bit bit of a fire sale, you know. And just uh, a year later, it got made.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, I've had an interview with Alex Winter and uh, Kiana, and uh, they basically had completely forgotten about the film. They'd made it thought it was okay, uh, got shelved, like you said, and then literally as they were walking down the street, people started calling out the catchphrases and that they suddenly knew that they had something. People started yeah. shouting excellent and stuff, and like, uh, you know, the California Southern California speak. Mm.
2: Uh, I didn't realise the first one was quite as old as 1989. I, I For some reason, I thought these were both... I had them in my brain, they were kind of both early 90s films, but in fact, only the second one is from uh, 1991. And yeah. yeah, the the first one's quite quite far back, and it predates things like um, Wayne's World, which was mm. uh, kind of seen as a, a what's the word contem- contemporaneous to, to to these films. Um, so yeah, I was, I was I was surprised to see the first one was 1989.
1: Yeah, this, I mean, basically the, the fashions give it away a bit in the first one, um, and the band you know the band references in the first one, but it's. It's completely loose and timeless in a way, is it? Because of yeah. like, you know, the, the, the special effects are quite cheap, but they're purposely cheap. I think that, you know, um, and just the storyline, the plot is so, you know, so out there that you, you just ride along with it all the way through and just suspend belief from beginning to end.
0: I think a, a comedy adventure film is probably the hardest film to pull off because your budgets are so low and comedy itself is such a hard thing to, to do well, you know, they've, they've, they've done really well, so all three films are, are pretty good, really, aren't they? I mean, my favourite's probably the first one, I don't know, you you, Rob, didn't you say a bogus journey?
1: Yeah, I've just got a soft spot for it. I just, um, I mean, I loved um, the character of Death, which we'll talk about in a bit, for the Yeah, <coughs> William the yeah. Um, and I thought, you know, the storyline's great, that this, you know, hell and evil us is, and you know, the travelling back and forth in time and meeting versions of the cells is you when know, I mean, a lot of this is recreated again. But uh, I I don't think something. I
2: don't think you can go too too wrong with a plot line like that. You know, that if you as long as you kinda of keep it pacey and moving, I think I think this mm-hmm. third film does that. Um, you know, and you've got the elements of like time travel and meeting past and future right, versions yeah. of yourself and because um, the first yeah. one was
0: all time travel, wasn't it? The second one was the it was originally called Bill and Ted Go to Hell, and it was all about them them being sent to hell, wasn't it? And then mm, yes. the third one is almost like they've put the first two in a blender, and then they've they've just combined elements of elements both. Yeah, yeah. yeah,
1: that's what yeah. I mean. I, I, you know, the plot basically for for people not to do any spoilers, but the plot is it's twenty nine years later. And Bill and Ted were supposed to have uh, made a song which was supposed to unite time and um, the space in the galaxy and humanity and space. And and this song hasn't happened. And uh, Bill and Ted had momentary success as a band, whilst Stallions.
2: And they've had a long career, haven't they? They've had a long career and they've released lots and lots of albums, which kind of started off, It seemed, they seem to have started off reasonably successfully, but as the film shows in kind of like a, uh, like a little montage sequence, they um, they seem to be coming less and less successful as they as as they go, and people are becoming less and less yeah. interested. And it yeah. looks like uh, death is um, ejected from the band at some point. Yes, um, yeah, I don't remember him. You know, I, w- this is a real blind spot for me. I, I was <laughs> watching the third one. And I thought I don't remember the first and the second ones at all. Though I have seen them. It may well be that it's about twenty-five years since I've seen either of the films. I mean, I've got some vague recollections of both of them, but I really need to, to kind of dip back and and, and go back to them and, um, and see what they're like.
1: Yeah, to be fair, in Bogus Journey*, in the end credits, there's like um, after they've played God's gave rock and roll. There's yes. also like mag- there's also like fake magazine covers yeah. of the mm-hmm. band, and one of the right. magazine covers says that death splits from wild stallions. So it talks right. about you know the band and the the you know the future and the success. So it kind of nods towards this film, which picks up the baton straight away.
2: I wonder if they did that deliberately, thinking that could be that could be like the, you know a, a plot thread for another film.
0: It was um, added on by the end by the production company, I think. So it wasn't even something that was written. Um, they just added these um, stories at the end of the movie just to sort of as a bit of fun. Uh, yeah, it kind of yeah. made writing the third one a lot more difficult because they kind of had to explain yeah. why. Because they kind of said that Bill and Ted were this amazing success and they played a, a, gig, a gig on the moon or something. Oh, I remember that, yeah. Um, <laughs> and uh, they had to sort of explain away, no, the, the success was very temporary and, it, you know, it kind of uh, it came to a halt pretty quickly.
1: We'll go back to the uh, plot. So basically uh, Bill and Ted were supposed to write this amazing track and of course, it's failed. They, they haven't done it. Uh, they're playing weddings. They're playing at his own brother's wedding, Ted's word, brother's wedding, <laughs> and right. and they uh, they come up with the idea after being visited by Rufus's daughter um, to travel to the future to steal the song from their future selves, which I thought <laughs> was a great idea. It's like a brilliant, really, really in keeping with all the other two films.
0: Yeah, it's pretty messed up, isn't it? That like Missy from the original films is, is marrying uh, oh. Ted's brother, Deacon. Yeah, so Missy. <laughs> so there's that line where he says uh, something, Missy is, uh, is now Ted's father. So, sorry, Ted's father is now his own son or something. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's the darkest oh, character, yeah. isn't it? Because Missy was married to Bill's, uh, Bill's dad and then Ted's dad, and now yeah. she's marrying Ted's younger brother. And it's the original actress, isn't it? In the film,
2: I thought that's a plot detail from the films I've completely forgotten about. I was yeah. trying to follow it, but I, I, I and I watched the scene twice. I thought, uh, probably, I need to go back and watch the first, uh, the first two. But I think I've got it. Yeah. But yeah, I need to yeah. go back and unpick that.
1: Yeah, it's all the original cast, which is Billy. Even the fathers are the same actors, aren't they?
2: Yeah, and it's amazing that after twenty nine years. You know, these people are still around and.
0: Rufus is no longer with us. Um, yeah, that was sad. Yeah, uh, yeah, he died in, in That's right, George
2: Carlin. Yeah, yeah Carlin, uh, yeah died in
0: two thousand and eight, didn't he? Yeah, but yeah. I think pretty much oh, everybody. Well, it's else a long is time back ago. Back, yeah, yeah. Um. So yeah, that that was a fun scene. So it, they had him playing the theremin and the throat singing, and uh, it was p- pretty awful, really.
2: It's uh, It's it's received politely. It's received politely, I think, which is the, the best way you can. Although although Bill and Ted's daughters seem to seem to enjoy it as uh, as it's being played, yeah. but That's it's definitely the, a bit of a. Yeah, There's yeah. even bagpipes involved at, at one point, uh, so they they've gone yeah. quite far away from producing this magical song that will unite the world.
1: Yeah, on the on the surface, it seems that um, their daughters, which they've had with the English princesses. Um, like doppelgangers of them that you they appear to be outwardly as positive and a bit dim as they are but there's a lot more to them isn't there as the film develops yeah, yeah. Um, they're quite
0: clever really aren't they they're quite uh they're actually the music talented as well yeah, yeah their music knowledge <laughs> exceeds their, their, their dads i think uh, yeah. they, they were really good i think um one of the things that i think this film really got right is the the way that Keanu and Alex played Bill and Ted, they played him just just the right amount of energy. Mm. I think if they played them at a really high energy, it would have come across weird. You know, if they tried yeah. to recreate that, that 89, 91 uh, Bill and Ted, it would have been really weird. But I was just, so... Yeah. It was a bit more aged uh, Bill and Ted, really, wasn't it? Yeah,
1: yeah. I, I was so relieved uh, they didn't keep all the original, you know, the language, like the excellence and party on and electric guitar playing because... Um, it would have been embarrassing, and it would have got yeah, absolutely slated. Yeah,
2: it, it, but it does that does crop up every now and again. They they do use the you know the the, the phrases and the and the and the air they're guitar not, quite a few times, but not I suppose yeah. not to the extent that they probably yeah. did in the first two.
1: And they're not as stupid, are they? They're a bit more world weary. Yes, being around. yeah. yeah.
2: So. The other thing in the plot, of course, is Bill and Ted are attending um, kind of like uh, what they call it couples therapy. With their with their English English wives as well, aren't they? Because um... yeah,
0: Joanna and Elizabeth uh, played by the original um, original cast as well. Yeah, and there's, there's, there's basically they, they can't understand why them seeing themselves as the same entity is a problem for the wives. <laughs> uh, it's quite a funny little scene there, isn't it? With
2: uh, yeah. like, I
0: and Ted totally love and worship you and Elizabeth. Yeah. <laughs> I thought
1: that was really sweet. It's like it's almost like their their friendship is like so pure and so every all consuming. They <laughs> don't see it as a problem to anyone else, um, which is the same friendship with the daughters in the film as well. So it's uh, yeah, it was
0: yeah, that's really true. true. I hadn't yeah, thought the, about the that. The daughters actually. were great. But, yeah. I mean, fantastic. That Billy, Billy, uh, the actress who plays Billy, just a complete Keanu impression. Just a perfect Keanu impression. Yeah, yeah
2: she she was really good. If, I, I I thought she was brilliant. Mm. and then the other young lady is the I was, reading, was is the niece of the actor hugo weaving she's called, is it samantha weaving she's called or Sam, oh, samara yeah. weaving
0: samara yeah. yeah
2: and she and she yeah. was she was really good too um she was
0: in Ready or think, not which is a really good film that was one that yeah.
2: came out cuz awesome. a, a lot of a, a, quite a lot is expected of them in terms of the film and the plot because um the film does move away from bill and ted quite a few times oh yeah and uh, it kind of it kind of rests yeah. with it kind of rests with the two daughters for, you know, good chunks of time in the film. And I think if they'd been, if they'd been like cast poorly or hadn't been written particularly well, um, you know, those are chunks of the film that would, that would probably have, um, have kind of not, not failed, but you know, they, they would have been kind of like the bits where, no, come on, let's get to some more Bill and Ted. But actually you, I don't think you ever get that feeling. Um,
1: no, no, it's it's quite an ensemble film, is it? And you, you yeah, definitely, quite, yeah, and you quite enjoy it for that. It's um, you don't because um, I have to say, but as well, going on, like, Alex Winter is not aged one day, has he?
2: No, what what is what is he? He's aged better than Keanu. Yeah.
0: <laughs>
2: yeah. <laughs> to, to be fair, though, how how old are they? I, I don't even look into this, but they must be in the fifties. Must be in the yeah, late fifties. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, definitely.
2: Alex Winter, yeah, Alex Winter does look good. Um, and, and he's not really know,
0: acted much, has he, recently? I know he's done a few voiceover roles and stuff, yeah. but he's mainly a director now, isn't
2: he? I, I think. think he's got a bit of a... Uh, yeah, he's, he's gone more into the directing side of things. Although I noticed, you know, we were talking about, you know, Pader and um, what's the other one called, Travolta one? I've forgotten, I blanked it.
1: The Fanatic.
2: Right. The Fanatic. <laughs> and, you know, these the, the stars a, that get their names Dunbar, on the... Carl on the <laughs> on the dummy bar dummy bar on the um they get the names on the producing credits don't they and i know this is a bit later on but you see later on that alex winter is indeed one of the named um producers on this film mm, yeah. um so again you know that that tradition of actors getting involved in these projects and probably saying at the at the beginning yeah i'll get involved but <laughs> i i need to be in on some of the uh the producing uh, side of the action as well, um, and it's the
0: same writers, isn't it? From the first two, the Chris Matheson is, yeah. and Ed Solomon. Yeah, um, I think Ed Solomon's had pr- quite a prolific career. I think Chris Matheson. I looked through his his recent uh, films that he'd written, and uh, there weren't too many ones that I was familiar with really. And it was you could tell really, wasn't it? The, the scripts were oh, yeah, up, yeah. up to standard of the first two.
1: It's everything you so said—the costumes and the retrograding special effects—and it's so respectful to the first two films. Um, the only time I think I saw any budget really hyped was when they travel in the time machine. Um, yeah. yeah,
0: it was. It was a little bit It was similar to the first two. The the graphics wasn't it? just a little bit better rendered, but it wasn't. Yeah, it was pretty basic, wasn't it? Yeah.
2: Yeah, I mean, it was um, uh, budget was twenty five million dollars for this one. That's um, So, wage. W- while, yeah, probably. And w- while it's not, um, you know, films these days have been made for like 200, 300 million dollars. So, I, I suppose, really, in relative terms, that's a, it's something of a drop in the ocean. I
1: have to yeah. say, as well, there's, there's a natural prosthetic special effects in the film, isn't there? Um, yes. Which, which looks amazing.
2: Yeah, they were good, actually, because sometimes they they let it yeah. down a little bit, you know, like in Back to the Future 2. When when they get the prosthetics, and you're like, ah, oh, okay, they're, they're wearing a prosthetic. I'll let it off because it's Back to the Future too, but you can kind of tell. Whereas in this yeah. film, it's uh, oh no, they look they look good. Yeah, the yeah, the yeah. scene with the with the guys in the prison.
1: Oh, that's a, oh yeah. that
0: was super. For awesome. instance.
2: My, yeah.
1: yeah, my favorite sequence. Yeah, yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah. If, we go, if we go back to the go back to the plot, so the traveling yes. to the future, traveling in the future to steal the song from their future selves. And every time they go in the future, this is where the comedy ensues. They keep on meeting worse versions of themselves. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and the the prison inmates are incredible. Um, Would like uh, and who are prison inmates because of Bill and Ted, aren't they? Because yes, they, it's their fault. They, they jump into a cameo role from Dave Grohl, Dave Grohl's house, and steal <laughs> to steal music from Dave from the Foo Fighters.
0: Uh, so we should probably say um, about Kelly, who plays Rufus's daughter, um, comes back um, to visit the boys, and she appears out of what looks like a giant white vagina. <laughs> I don't know; it's, like, it's kind of very weird-looking time machine. Were,
2: were there were there white vaginas in in the first two films, guys? I, I really can't. No, remember. it was the
0: oh. box, it. <laughs> it's like
2: yeah. a
1: travel. It's like a travelling time box, isn't it?
0: Yeah. um <laughs> <laughs> and we, uh, we we uh we see the future sandymus is it like t- from twenty seven to twenty two or something like that right, right i've there.
2: i've written this down hang on so we've got twenty twenty two um they go to visit them the future selves when they're performing at a bar in the daytime uh and no one's yeah. not they no one's watching them play this is twenty twenty two um But this is where they find out that their wives have left them and uh, their daughters won't talk to them. So this is the future as it's presumably like progressing if things don't change.
0: It was a strange subplot like that, that for the wives, wasn't it? Really, we saw them jumping into time machines, but didn't really see where they were going and what they were doing. I think that's probably one of my only criticisms of the movie: either show it or don't include yeah. it. You know, they could have. Yeah, like, there's a an elderly larry.
2: version. There's an elderly version of the pair yeah. as well, and they they cropped up and they actually steal the, t- the time machine at one point. And
0: I mean, it I it yeah, like I, maybe I, that was you know, cut, know, cut out from the movie. or something. Maybe
2: they oh, took yeah. scenes out, yeah, just to make it. Um, I think it cheap, a cheap. Good 90, Ninety minutes. Yeah, they might film yeah, them.
1: The second plot in the there's two main plots. The first plot is Bill and Ted traveling into the future to steal the song, and the second plot is the daughters traveling back in time to put together mm. a super group from the best musicians in history. Yes, um, and the, that's done quite well. That's uh, like Jimi Hendrix and uh, uh, who else did he get? Louis, yeah. Armstrong, uh,
0: wasn't Louis it? Armstrong was it? It was weird. It was weird that they had to travel back to 1922 from 67. They could have just stayed in 67 because I think he'd just released What a Wonderful World. I still
2: alive, yeah. He would have been around, wouldn't he? Definitely. There's a lot going on. Um, there's another element of plots plot that's introduced around this time where in the future it transpires that um, Kelly's mother um, kind of suggests that it's actually going to be it's not going to be a song by Bill and Ted that unites the universe. It's going to be the death of Bill and Ted that unites the universe. <laughs> so with this in yeah. mind, they assign this
1: killer robot
2: killer robot, kind of decked in kind Dennis. of white, futuristic kind of plastic-looking um, thing uh, who at first seems yeah. like, oh, seems like they mean business.
0: He's named after uh, Kelly's ex-boyfriend as well. It's like, it's like her mum's just trying to piss her off the, the whole way through <laughs> this movie. Yeah. Mums mom, and um, daughters,
2: mums and daughters, yes.
0: What yeah, did you think happen. of the robot? I, I didn't think it quite landed with the, the gags and stuff. I, I kind of get it, the sort of self-conscious uh, robot, but it it didn't...
1: Yeah, it's a bit like Marvin the Paranoid yeah. Android from the uh, yeah, Hitchhackers, yeah. wasn't it? And he was... He was yeah. um, he was a bit melancholic because nobody noticed him, and he just wanted a friend. And, uh... I thought
2: it was kind of amusing when he kind of he, he became what's the word? Um, like you know, conscious of his own personality, he became kind of he uh, you know awoken, and he becomes yeah. this uh, yeah, just kind of in, introverted, nerdy kind of robot, uh, always kind of looking to. Um, and he kept he kept telling everyone what his name was. It's like he's discovered his name for the first time, and he's he's telling everyone. I'm Dennis,
0: you know. <laughs> I'm, I'm, what is it? I'm Dennis Caleb McKee or something. I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
2: and also, yeah, um, it funny in that's... places, but I think they maybe did it did the joke a few too many times.
1: Yeah, um, yeah, part part of Bill and Ted is that you just have to let all suspension of reality go, don't you? Yeah, if you question a... if it, yeah, if you question anything like you know space time continuum and. Holes in the time vortex. <laughs> yeah, I mean, was, I'm
2: sure if if you sat and picked at the plot,
1: there was if you sat and picked no, at this
2: thing, yeah. would, you know, would, you would find loads of holes. Like I didn't quite understand why. How are How a Bill and Ted visiting themselves if. In the future, if the world's going to come to an end, is have yeah, I got the wrong yeah, end of the stick there? Yeah. No, it's yeah, just plot,
0: no. yeah, it, it's just a bill and yeah, Ted it doesn't movie matter, it you, doesn't really. matter, I don't it's, care. It's it's no fine. logic,
1: but that's that's just it. Bill and Ted is a science fiction without science,
2: yeah. It's it's all in the execution of the, of the yeah. film, is that you can over, overlook little things like that. Um, so the daughters, yeah, so the daughters go back to London in 1967, like Rob, you said, Rob, they. They go to a Jimi Hendrix rehearsal yeah. and they, they want him to join their band and first he says no so they think oh let's get someone else to try and persuade Jimi Hendrix to join and yeah they go yeah, back Louis to New Alexander. Orleans yeah. in 1922 to find uh, a young Louis Armstrong and yeah. to, to entice him in they show him phone footage that they've taken of Jimi Hendrix playing his guitar which he <laughs> and his band uh, all all seem to like and enjoy Um
1: I did. I did find the the musician choices really strange. So they got Jimmy Hendrix, got <laughs> and then they go back to like a, a, a prehistoric cave woman drummer, who I wasn't aware of, and then they go to like um, a, a Japanese flutist. Two six
2: hundred BCE. Yeah, I'm, I'm guessing that's before Christ existed. Yeah, a, I thought BC would have uh, sufficed, but. Um, yeah, I, I wonder if that's something to do with rights and uh, having to pay for likeness and things like that.
1: That's what I thought because uh, obviously, yeah. if you're going to put, yeah,
2: you know, they've, they've probably had to think, okay, Louis Armstrong, Jimi Hendrix, and they, they might have paid some money out for their to use their likenesses, yeah. uh, like their, their their image rights, and then perhaps they thought, okay, let's go and find someone who's kind of copyright free, like Mozart, and then you know, further back in musical history. So I, I don't know any of the any of the ones that you know, they went to North Africa for the drummer, China. I don't know if they're real people or not. I guess they might be.
1: Um Well the thing um, is with someone like Mozart, I think you're a heretic and probably try and burn you at the stake as a witch. And uh, <laughs> it's like if, if but I love I love the facts in Bill and Ted that all these people in time, like in the first film, just nod and get along for the ride, don't they?
2: Yeah, they're all they're all totally up for it. Um, and also, and, and just also, accept accept everything that's yeah, happening also, to them, without speak question.
1: The lo- speak the same language. I like can. The first yes. film. Just yeah. get on.
0: <laughs>
2: so yeah. So after after yes, the twenty. So after the girls have been to sixty seven and twenty two, and recruited Jimi Hendrix and uh, Louis Armstrong, Bill and Ted then then go to twenty twenty five, which is a little further ahead in in the future. And they find Bill and Ted in a mansion, and they've both got English accents. And they say this is because they've been they've been time-travelling to medieval England quite a lot. And so they've picked up these oh, English well, rock star accents. We could, be
0: to, uh, we could be getting to areas of spoilers here, but yeah, they, they, yeah they've basically good. got these English accents. They've, they've been spending all this time in medieval medieval Britain. Um, and it's kind of a bit of a Rolling Stones piss-take, isn't it, of, of, of yeah. English elder rock band really but uh, definitely definitely then uh, what was your reaction when uh, you saw the Dave Grohl coming through the door I nearly spit my tea out of (laughs) it
2: so well actually this is a spoiler as well isn't it because what they think what they think is Bill and Ted is that Bill and Ted have the Bill and Ted of 2025 have the song they say they say to them, yes we've got the song here it is but instead so yeah Lee, I'll let you take over now because Dave Grohl yeah, they leave. It's a Dave
0: Grohl song, basically. It's his house, and then uh, we see um, Alex Winter taking his wig off. He's got his his bald head. And we see uh, Ted's alcoholic beer belly, uh, and that was quite a fun <laughs> bit of the film, wasn't it? They were taking yeah. the, the piss out of nose a little bit, um, and then and then a gun get, appears out of nowhere, and suddenly <laughs> suddenly like Bill's firing at himself. Yeah. Yeah,
1: they're trying to kill themselves, and uh, they realize the only way to trick yourself is by doing be, being not aware of what you're doing, so they put buckets on their heads, don't they? Start... <laughs> <laughs> that was a very funny scene, I could do that,
2: Which, and, um, and inevitably ends up with them falling off a, a balcony yeah. uh, to, 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 uh to the ground below. Um, so yeah, it's they, they've been hoodwinked by the future, the 2025 Bill and Ted, and um, it's so yeah, Lee, you you posed a question to us a few a few days ago about how does Bill and Ted face the music? Um, what is the connection between this film and the film the um, the fanatic that we reviewed in our podcast number two? And I I figured it out. It's it's literally these literally the only two films in existence that use the word poppycock. <laughs> Poppycock!
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I I keep hearing this word word all the time now. I was watching a Nola Holmes last night, and they were using it in that. And I've never heard an English person use poppycock in real no. life. I just think it's it's something Americans think, think we say. I don't know. Do you think all the a- all the
2: American screenwriters are getting together, like playing bets with each other, saying, "Oh, you know, hey man, I bet you can't get the word poppycock into your uh, into your scripts." And they're all kind of sniggering, sniggering to themselves, saying, yeah, I can, yeah, I can, here it is. I
0: thought
2: it was floppycock. <laughs> Rob, that's it's personal, floppycock. that's personal, yeah.
0: We'll be sponsored by Blue Chew soon, don't worry. We'll, okay. we'll sort that cock
2: out. Cut! <laughs> um, so the, the girls, the, so yeah, so... Um, um, I can't remember what happens to the boys after this, but the next note I've got is that the girls' the daughters get Jimi Hendrix, and then it, we're, we're, they are shown then going back to Vienna in 1782 for none other than Wolfgang oh, Amadeus yeah. Mozart. Yeah, um, and then they,
0: don't they bring everybody back to um, 2020 again? And um, I think Kid, Kid Cootie, uh, I'm not too familiar with a rapper, American rapper, but oh, appears yeah, out of nowhere. He plays himself, uh, doesn't he? yeah he plays himself he's suddenly just because the the timeline's breaking down, so suddenly you see Mozart appear, you're seeing Kid Cudi appear, you're seeing all these different uh, Jesus pops out of nowhere
2: yeah um and there, there's a nice scene with um where where they go to find Mozart and Jimmy Hendrix plugs his electric guitar in and um and Jimmy starts kind of riffing along to uh you know, Mo- whatever Mozart is playing on his uh, on his piano, one of his famous pieces. And I thought that was quite nice yeah. and quite enjoyed that bit. It,
1: it, yeah. it plays it, along with the Armstrong Strup in it as well, doesn't it? Yeah. So like call, call reply I Yeah.
0: We were just talking about the bit where Bill and Ted have fallen out of the window, everybody's back in the present day, and I think the robot uh, appears to uh, zap everybody try- with his with his uh, his weapon.
1: Yeah, he tries to kill Bill and Ted who just escaped in time. Um, but he eventually, uh, he does eventually. <laughs> he was responsible for killing um, Ted, all these Everybody. great musicians, and, and and Bill and Ted's uh, daughters as well, and sending them and to the, hell.
0: And Ted's dad as well in the police van. I think they all they all go to hell in the police van, didn't they? That's it. Yeah. And then of course, <laughs>
1: Of course, the robot feels immense guilt for this, doesn't it? Because he's awoke.
0: The, the robot um, basically decides to kill himself, and, and Bill and Ted just pile on at the end, and they get blasted into hell as well, don't they? So they're, all, they're trying to find the daughters.
2: Or That's right, but guys, <clears throat> there's a scene we've forgotten. The boys, the Bill scene. and Ted, go, go forward to San Dimas in 2030, and of course, as a as a result of the encounter at Dave Grohl's house, <clears throat> the future Bill and Ted now find themselves in prison. And um, I don't know, Rob, do you want to do you want to talk about the prosthetics yeah, here uh, and the, this scene? It's, it's incredible. It's like a, I
1: don't <laughs> know if anyone's quite often you see people wearing fat suits, and they always look a bit unconvincing. But Bill and Ted, the idea is that they've been in jail for how many years? Is it supposed I to? I think be? it's
2: another five since they were arrested um yeah, so, yeah so in five
1: fact years. in fa- for five years of jail they've done nothing but take steroids and pump weights <laughs> <laughs> and they get these these like existing little pinheads on these giant muscular prosthetic bodies covered in tattoos with and the tattoos are things like excellent and bogus and <laughs> I mean, complete, they're complete meatheads aren't they and the first thing they want to <laughs> do to the first thing they want to do to Bill and Ted is stamp them to death, don't
0: they? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they want to take over, don't they? They want to sort of kill the Bill and Ted and just sort of take over the uh, take over the operation, really. But uh,
2: well, they they, fi- guess, they figure yeah. out, don't they, that killing them would be bad for them because, of course, that would kind of in turn kill kill yeah, yeah. them. And this, they I think, you know, they only come to this realization when the robot turns up again. Mm-hmm. The robot turns up just after Bill and Ted do, and uh so the the kind of the, the, the prison bound um muscular steroidy Bill and Ted, they uh <laughs> they kind of um they Pire they decide the robot, to I kind of they. pile it on the robot with all the other prisoners instead of uh Bill and Ted. And so the original Bill and Ted are are then kind of allowed to escape as a consequence. Mm.
1: And it's uh and we'll get towards the sequ- the scene which I was really looking forward to when I watched it, because uh, as I said at the beginning of this, that my favourite character in the first or well, the second film was Death, um, hmm. and when they finally get get the robot, the robot tries to kill himself, and they jump in on it and die together. Uh, we saw sort of, yeah, the I introduced the hell again, aren't we, for the first That's time right. in twenty nine yeah. years.
2: And of course, when, when, when Bill and Ted and the robot arrive, and there's, a, I thought it was a nice little joke where Bill and Ted seem to just, you know, they arrive in hell, and they pick themselves up off the ground, and then all of a sudden behind them the the, the robot drops behind them, and they, they quite <laughs> rightly kind of say, "Why has a robot come to hell?" Uh, <laughs> you know, like he's, it's not really logical, but okay, we'll just we'll we'll have it.
1: It's what's great about it is that they're in hell, and it's the sound of screams in the distance, and people being t- murdered and tortured, and, and uh, they're just really matter of fact about it, aren't they? they? Just dust themselves down, and start asking <laughs> demons the way to the way to find their daughters, and <laughs> just plow on through. Because if you think about it in the first when we go to hell in *Bogus Journey*, they called they call the devil a dick yeah just then <laughs> calling a big dick and <laughs> and he he sends them deep into a hell, doesn't it he? and so they're personal hells but, yes. uh, yeah yeah so it was it was great and he and made hell look exactly as it did you know in, the, in in the previous films um you know just sound effects and um, dimly lit corridors and bright lights and fiery backgrounds it was very cheaper looking yeah it kind of yeah it was it was good it was it was Really, just like brought me back.
0: It was um, great to so, see Death again, as well, wasn't it? Um, oh yeah, yeah. Played well Death isn't William speaking Salva. to
2: them, though. Death is not speaking to Bill and Ted. He's not happy with them. No, because because
1: <laughs> Death has uh, went off on one. During during the Wild Stallions phase, he started playing forty minute bass solos. And, <laughs> uh, and did he try and steal the most
2: name people, or
0: something? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> most
2: people would pay good money to pay. A forty-minute bass solo by Death from the Bill and Ted movies. I think a lot yeah. of people would pay good money for that. I know I, I would. Love
1: the, I love the fact is that he is Death. He decides life for Death, and he uh, Death is a pretentious musician who's <laughs> 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 he, got a really fragile ego, hasn't he? And you, yes. have to flat, you have to flatter Death to try and get back home, back to Earth again.
2: They have to rope the daughters in. The daughters have to flatter Death, don't they? To um... Yeah. To kind of massage his ego to to the extent where Bill and Ted can then come in and say, "Would you you know would you consider rejoining the band?" Um, yeah. At which point you know, he kind of gets all emotional, doesn't he, and and, uh, <laughs> and agrees <laughs> finally. And the uh, yeah. death is played by um, death is played by that's called William Sadler. And he's in lots mm. of films in the early nineties. He normally played kind of like the baddies. He's the baddie in um, Die Hard Two. And uh, he's also the villain in the Steven Seagal film from around that time called Hard to Kill. Um, mm. And so he was—he was quite a busy actor, kind of in the early '90s, which I guess was when Bogus Journey uh, came out. He wasn't in the first one, but he was in the—he's in the Bogus Journey. And what a pop- what a popular character! I mean, if, of all the characters from the franchise. Um, yeah, I think he's, like, he's fondly remembered, apart from maybe the main characters.
0: A lot of it's kind of improv uh, work oh, by it? by William. I think so. Yeah, it's kind I of. Think so. uh... I think it's. I mean, yeah.
1: this Go is me. about three, it's about three quarters of the way through the film, isn't it? And I was a bit gutted. I wanted him earlier, but it does make sense for the plot. But most things in the plot don't make sense. Uh, but they wait that long to put him in, and. Uh, Anyone who's seen the first two films is waiting for that character to come back yeah uh, and and it's like so I can imagine if I saw it in the cinema it would have been a big cheer moment
2: when he appeared yeah. on the screen but uh... definitely and um he's he's another one I, I again checking out the credits at the end, William Sadler, one of the named executive producers of this film as well so hes uh, he's definitely he's he's agreed to return to this one only if so he's he's followed the well-trodden path of of Al Kilmer and uh, John Travolta, oh, um, from the yeah, 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 Alex Winter, and he's uh, he's got his name on the uh, on that producer's uh, roll call, and um, quite right too because he he must have known he's kind of a he, he's an essential component. There's also
1: I love the fact he's, he 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 referenced the old films, doesn't he? And it? Tells how much trouble he got into last time for bringing them back from the dead in the previous film, so. <laughs> yeah.
2: It is a film. So if I he does it again, later on anyway, um, he couldn't go into that much trouble, really. Yeah,
1: it is a, it is a film where, like, if he didn't see the first two films, all the way through it, I was trying to imagine if I'd never seen the first two films, how confused would I be? Or would I just accept it? Um,
2: I think you'd be pretty
0: confused, yeah. Uh, well, I think, it, it is I a bit of a mess,
2: I'm isn't first, it? First, I, because I've not seen the first two for such a long time, I've got a sketchy memory of them. I think I'm kind of that person, but I, I think to be honest, there's so much goodwill in the film anyway that you you just kind of you just kind of happily go along yeah. with it. I think
0: you can tell uh, there's a lot, a lot of love has gone into the making of this film, hasn't it? They, they, yeah, they've uh, they've gone to great effort to to keep that vibe of the first two, the same writers, the same uh, special
2: effects yeah. guys. And interestingly, um, I think there are there must be fans of the first film who were involved. who are like you know talented people because. One of the executive producers, the main one, I think, is uh, Steven Soderbergh. Um, and he, he wasn't involved in the first two films at all. Mm. Um, but obviously, I'm guessing he's a fan or he's he's had an opportunity to kind of get involved in making this one. And he's, and he's I guess he's jumped at it.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, it's... Uh, what's not to like about it, I suppose? Uh, yeah. A, I mean, the third film, compared to the first two, is, you know, for its flaws... It's quite messy, is it? It's uh, you know, like you said, you mentioned earlier. There's lots of like plot things developed which never go anywhere. Um, mm-hmm. After twenty nine years, they probably had so many ideas, and he kind of like teased them and then decided to go a different way all the time. And yeah. even when he edited, it, when he edited it down, it was quite you know, there was some of those little things were still there. Like you know, with the wives time traveling, it's not yeah. really you don't see it.
2: I mean, for me as well. the 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 runtime the runtime of this film is a bit of a giveaway. It's it's pretty much dead on ninety minutes, and I think it was really been, short, wasn't it? Yeah, that must have been this, the runtime. They were thinking, yeah, we want you know we want to try and get as many screenings in as we can. Let's chop. It it down needed, to 90.
0: needed a bit of an. We'll talk about the end of the film, but I do think it needed a bit of an epilogue there at the end. I know they have the scene spoiler spoiler alert after the after the credits, but yeah. uh, it needed a bit more. I think it would have been nice if we'd seen the families back together after after the gig and, and everything.
2: Maybe yeah. unless unless the idea was uh, oh no we'll, we'll talk about it more later yeah
0: yeah hmm.
2: so where are we up to so, in the plot I don't remember where we got to now they're all in hell. They've, they've yeah, reunited. They're all in
0: hell. Death's back on board, um, and he takes them back up uh, to reality in the police van. Um, yes. So this is everyone. This is the band.
2: This is the dad. Yeah. Um. Uh, the daughters and Bill and Ted and the and the robot and uh, anyone else. I've forgotten. I think that's everyone.
1: Yeah.
2: No station there at this point as well for reasons i can't remember but there the reality
0: is uh is starting to break down further we've got more and more disruptions jesus oh, and is jesus and everything his disciples f- f- flying everywhere we see uh, saturn suddenly appears right next to the earth that gets dr- drawn into the uh, so it's not just people from time it's also planets have been uh,
2: disturbed
0: that's right um, the pyramids
2: uh, are there uh, <laughs> yeah. you know just down the road from yeah. San
0: <laughs> And then we get quite and, a nice yeah. touching bit with the wives coming coming back from uh, their journey through all the, the different times, and they, they decide that it, this was the time that they were most happy, happiest with the boys, uh, mm-hmm. even though we didn't get
2: yes. to see it. Even though know? we've not was... seen any further encounters, yeah. but yeah, it's a nice, nice little touch. Maybe, maybe they'll just release those scenes in a separate film. Um, yeah. You know, in a few <laughs> years, yeah. saying Bill and Ted face me. the music. The Wives, or something like that. (laughs) First Wives Club. (laughs) (laughs) Um,
0: So they have this idea to create infinite versions of themselves and uh, distribute infinite musical instruments to everybody in the world. They do, Um, and somehow
2: they realise that they're not the ones supposed to be making the... Spoiler alert, by the way. um, That they're not the ones supposed to make this fantastic song that unites the world. It's actually their... Their daughters, yeah, that was a who really were nice kind of yeah, they their they're yeah. talent, they're the talented ones. You know, it's, they they are like them, but they're like you said, with the ones with with the kind of real talent. And all of a sudden, it's it dawns and It's on also
0: them. everybody. It's not so much the song; it's everybody coming together to it's sing harmony, the song and play yeah, the music yeah. in time in, in it's harmony. It's Not the song; it it's everyone to
2: playing together, together, and what a, what a great message. Uh, what a great message for a film. And all this—this uh, this may sound a little kind of corny, but I—I I, I really like that part. Yeah, yeah I, I, do I, with also that,
1: really. I also yeah. really like the message that um, you sometimes have to accept your time has moved on, and yes, Bill yeah. and Ted have Bill and Ted, Bill and Ted have had their fame, they've had their moments, and the are they're happy to pass that on to the next generation. And, yes. Uh, and it's, that was quite. It was also saying about Keanu Reeves and Alex Winter in a way that this is probably the last time you'll see them, you know, as these goofball teenagers, because they're not anymore. They're fifty-five-year-old, um, yeah. you know, fathers, yeah. uh, you know, who've been around a long time and they've had their moment. And you should enjoy yeah. it whilst you can.
0: I don't think we're going to get a Bill and Ted Four, are we? I think they pretty much dismissed yeah. that. Yeah.
2: So let, let's talk. Let's talk box office because at the moment like i said before it's um the budget was 25 million dollars um the bo- the worldwide box office as it stands because it's still it's still on release but i mean it's been out for a while the worldwide box office as it stands is is five um just over five million dollars. Yeah. so but the the thing is that on uh on the streaming platforms in america and the us um, it's made some money there. So it's made $32 million as a video-on-demand title. And it's still to be released here as a video-on-demand in the UK and kind of elsewhere in the world. Um, and it's still got to be released on on Blu-ray. So I, I don't know. Yeah. Obviously, they've made money on it, but I, I I wouldn't know if that would class the film as a success or not. But I think they'd probably have to all their... um revenues to come for, in. For
0: twenty twenty still- that's probably a success, isn't it? I think just to break even
1: go- would be a success. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so you have to, you have to, I mean, I'm not naive, all films have to make money, but I do get a feeling for all of them involved, it's a passion project. And Definitely. um they are prepared to take a little bit of a loss because of obviously COVID is uh you know it's uh, unlike the Bond film which has to be put back because Bond has to be successful. It kind of, yeah. you know, it just the franchise can't, can't afford the
2: loss, yeah. I don't think there's been a Bond film that has that has flopped. So yeah. if, you know, not, I don't think anyone wants to have that kind of um, first, you know. Um, but yeah, this one, I mean, this one has has made money. And, uh, but I mean, on, on a budget of 25 million, if it's making 30, 37 at the moment, it probably take, I don't, I have no idea. It might take 50, 60 maybe.
1: Also, what you just said, Carl, about um, the box office—it's cyclical because the first film was a complete flop, and then it, uh, what it went—a a video, it became a video cult video. Higher.
2: Oh, I, I remember renting yeah. it a few times, yeah. Um, and yeah, yeah it, I think everyone did. It, it had good word of mouth, and uh, lots of kids at school That's, were kind I, of watching it. I think it it as it'll well. do
0: well because I think it, it's the, the kind of movie that you can watch with your kids, and it's and, and the the, the uh, parents will have a good time, the kids will have a good time definitely i mean i don't know what
2: the, it out, I don't know what the yeah. rating is the, the, i don't know what the bbfc rating is for this but I'm, i would guess this is a pg all over the place you know there's, yeah. I can't imagine it being there's a
1: guy as well if you we go to about the soundtrack the soundtrack avoids being quite as pitting you know the first films are very much like you know big hair rock aren't they Yes. and they really avoid that in this film like I mean, yeah. if you think about the, the Bogus journey finishes on a kiss song yeah, uh, well, this
0: one's uh, this one's got Weezer on the soundtrack, which is yeah. quite a good song. Beginning of the end um, is worth checking out, definitely.
2: Um, yeah, it's,
0: but it's, yeah, you're right. It's a bit more in, bit more indie than or alternative than rock, isn't it? Really? Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I mean, I mean it was like, pretty pretty corporate, and I, I think that was a that was a criticism of the second film uh, from some quarters, which was it was kind of whereas the the excellent adventure was kind of like the the low budget indie film. Um the second one was, there was one you know, last the studio had grabbed it and, and made um and made their version of it.
0: There was one last point that I forgot to make about the film and uh, did you notice at the end where Kelly's mum saying your father would be so proud of you. I thought at the end of the day, you've just basically your robot nearly killed everybody or did kill everybody. <laughs> and you're there like patting Kelly on the back, you know, you, your father would be so proud. Yeah, they thanks mum, you know.
2: Yeah, they make but no sense. It? Do they? They really yeah. don't. They don't stand up to scrutiny at all. They should have been
0: in chains, really. <laughs> yeah, the,
1: the actress who plays who plays Kelly. Um, she's from Flight of the Concords, What's she called? Christine. I she was Christine
2: Charles. Yeah. Yeah. Charles I, I'm trying to remember what she was in. Yeah.
1: Did you notice she was wearing the same costume as in Excellent Journey, The People of the Future, where like they wear these like ridiculous polyester, big wide cut suits. Um. No, yeah,
0: I, didn't, they, I didn't. I didn't. Swap I mean, she's that, she's really I funny. Play. She's really funny in in, in most of she's usually in, but I, I didn't think they gave her any funny lines in this one. Was it? It's quite a straight role that she played. Really. She
1: had nothing to work with, and and if you know, although I enjoyed the film, I'm going to definitely say you know I'd recommend watching it. It's mm. not as laugh out loud. It's got some, a lot of snigger moments, but there's not many laugh out mo- loud moments, is there?
2: But uh, no. maybe it doesn't need that. You know what? you. Know, you mentioned that, Rob, and I, and I think, um, I was thinking about this, that the, the tone of the film, think about the times we're living in at the moment, the tone yeah. of the film is just one of kind of warmth and goodwill, and you know, yeah. the film that film it reminded me of in terms of tone was, um, you know, the, uh, the Will Ferrell uh, Eurovision Song Contest, Fireside. Yeah. 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 It oh, kind of reminded yeah. me of that, because I remember watching that film, not really kind of any big belly laughs at any point, one or two, but just quite enjoying the film because it was, it was quite a you know it just kind of yeah. generated quite a warm feeling I thought, and uh,
0: I think we all just need a bit of escapism, don't we, at the moment? So
2: yeah, yeah definitely. I yeah. mean, th- if you look at what's on telly at the moment, look at BBC iPlayer, it's all, it's all like you know real life murders and grim stuff and EastEnders and all this all this kind of stuff that you not really you don't really want to watch at the moment. So yeah. I, I. Th- it's is kind of the perfect tonic, really, for things that are going things that are going on in the world at the moment. I don't know how this film it would have done strange. if it was last year, but
1: it's a strange one. It's like a, I follow a lot of comedians on the Twitter and stuff, and a lot of them. there's almost like a guilt about laughing at the moment. Maybe yeah. that's why that's why they're not going for the big gags anymore. And um, it's like we all—it's it's such ultra serious times, is it? But yeah. laughter laughter and comedy and films like this are so essential, just like mental health. Um, we can't constantly watch true life crimes and listen to murder podcasts. Uh, <laughs> no, we, only 90s. We, no.
0: we, we, we were quite lucky in the 90s, weren't we, really? Because we didn't have any, um, there was no rolling news, there was uh, none of this constantly being obsessed by Twitter and social media. I need to watch nope. that social dilemma. Actually, have you heard about that? The documentary on social media, mm. it's on Netflix, I think. Um, just about how it's influencing everybody, and you know, it's mm. becoming a negative, uh, negative role in people's lives. So it's the yeah, antidote to 2020.
2: This film, yeah. yeah so, I
1: mean, if, if we go to our, uh, obviously, we had the Manchester Movie Mob podcast. <laughs> oh, you allowed to say that. <laughs> and yeah, the last two, the last two firms are definitely uh, carcasses, which have to stay in the morgue.
2: They're um, rotting. They're rotting speak. No one's claimed. No one's claimed. No one's
0: I think don't. this is the first helicopter to freedom, isn't it? This is, it is maybe yeah. not not quite in the helicopter. Maybe just holding on to to one of the the legs of the helicopter, you know, desperately, yeah. but just just get just getting
2: out.
1: I would I, say I, this is a, pluck, a plucky survivor who maybe has a scratch or a bite on its ankle. Yes, <laughs> I, yeah, I, yeah. I, I
2: wish I wish this film all the all the goodwill in the world. So for me, this film this film escapes. This film clings onto that helicopter uh, uh, rung, and it, <laughs> and it gets the hell out of there. And uh, fair play to it.
1: And as it's flying away, it waves down at Val Kilman to Volta from uh, the fanatic, and paid her. Uh, uh, podcast episode one and
2: two by the way and <laughs> it weighs did out you, to them. You, they're both highly entertaining <laughs>
0: and we should also mention that we've got a competition at the moment to win this film on blu-ray and 4k um the film's not out to the end of november so you've got quite a while to get involved but on the twitter on our twitter account uh, which is MCR Movie morgue, um you can just like and retweet and follow us, and you'll be entered into the competition. And you got you've got a pretty good chance of winning it at the moment because I think there's only about thirty people have retweeted it or something, so you have got a pretty good yeah,
1: chance. Yeah, so I'd also recommend coming on the Instagram page. And uh, as I say, a few people have contacted me directly, but you'll be speak- you'll mostly be speaking to me, but I, I speak for all of us <laughs> when you do that. Um, and I'm happy to answer any questions and you know anything any any nonsense you want to throw my way. Um, we're constantly sending messages out saying any
2: films you want us to review in the future and
1: uh yeah any ideas we're, we're happy to suggestions
2: and um to all our listeners make sure that you if you can and if you're feeling safe make sure you're supporting your local cinema uh yeah. where, where where you can if you can also physical media make sure you're getting your films the films that you want on disc you know because they don't always they don't always stay on streaming services forever. Um, so Bill and Ted's Face the Music is a good example. You you can you can win yeah. at this, but it's also out in November. So do pick up a copy and uh, you know and keep and, and keep it. Um, that's what they and uh, and keep these keep these little companies uh, these keep these little companies ticking over. Because a lot of them are struggling.
0: Yeah. You're yeah.
1: my threat to you if you don't keep cinema alive. We'll be watching films like Pay Dirt. And the
2: fanatic for the rest of our lives. So, <laughs> so please, <laughs> sorry, please, please, I think we need to send more films to freedom. Uh, well, yeah, it's more. enjoyable
0: I- actually talking about a film that you like, isn't it? Yeah, we should try it
1: more often. I know, it's, it's a weird one. Um, I would say that um, obviously we're coming up to a Halloween season, so we are probably going to do the obvious and probably watch a, a big horror movie. But um, if you've got any ideas of which big horror movie to watch, we've obviously got the terrible *Scream 5 coming up. Um, I, I already know that's going to be in the morgue. Um, <laughs>
0: that's next year, isn't it? Sometime. Is it, is it
1: next like year? It yeah, oh, year, God. Yeah. Um, I it we're either.
2: also due a Halloween film this year, but that's also been bumped to twenty twenty-one, I believe, as yeah. well. Yeah. Uh, next kind of one after the Carpenter-produced *Halloween* of twenty eighteen. Um sequel to that next year now so we'll have to we'll have to delve back into the archives and uh and dig I something
1: always go, i always go back to halloween 3 for halloween because i love this creepy pumpkin video the idea that you you play this I love creepy it, advert I
2: love <laughs> the, for me it's the only true it's the only true halloween sequel the rest i can really just live without but the, there's the a yeah. first halloween 78 and then halloween 3 is the only for me it's the only one i bother with it's uh I, I agree I think it's brilliant. But actually Carpenter actually... Carpenter does great horror films for Halloween like The Fog or yeah. um <clears throat> or Prince of Darkness. He's there there are lots of potential uh, films of his we could uh, we could do for next a uh, next Yeah, podcast. I think yeah. it's yeah. the season. We should do it's it. Get, yeah, yeah not, get
0: in it? the spirit. Yeah. Let's <laughs> get involved.
1: Let's get involved. Anyway, I just want to say thanks once again to everyone who has been listening, and for everyone who's following now and sending messages. Please do, and keep it going.
2: Thank you, and um, yeah, thanks, and Lee, Lee, and Rob. Thank you for uh, thank you for chatting nonsense with me, uh, with us uh, again about this uh, this film. Quite enjoyed this third podcast, and we'll uh, hopefully recon- reconvene again for a fourth at some point.
0: Yep. Yeah, goodbye to my excellent friends.
2: Oh, yeah, dude. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.